Should is a dangerous word. Girls should look like this. I should have scored 90% on my exam. I should have made the team. Spending a lot of time thinking about how things should be rather than how things are can add a lot of pressure. And for young girls, with all the added tensions and tribulations of growing into themselves, this can just feel like way too much. This is why we are dedicating this audio short to the topic of helping girls handle pressure in healthy ways. We've delved into our archives of the podcast on educating girls produced by the International Coalition of Girls Schools to gather some of the best sound bites that are relevant to this topic from previous guests. I'm Megan Murphy, Global Executive Director of ICGS, and this is On Educating Girls Shorts, an audio offering from the coalition that doesn't replace the podcast, but provides practical tips and advice in a short, easily digestible format. The social challenges for young people have continued to mount in recent years, but be assured, research shows attending a girls' schools builds self-esteem. Here's Liz Schmidt, Chief Enrollment and Student Affairs Officer at Miss Porter School in Farmington, Connecticut. There's a lot of research out there that shows that from the early middle school years all the way through the high school years, teen girls experience so much social pressure that they actually put aside their authentic selves and display only a small portion of their gifts. The research coming out of the International Coalition of Girls Schools clearly indicates that girls who attend girls' schools are ultimately more self-confident, they're more self-aware, they're more politically engaged and culturally aware, they invest more time in their passions, and they aspire to greater heights than their peers elsewhere. Um, They also experience greater support from their teachers and create more meaningful relationships with their peers over time. Finding a community of supporters really can make all the difference. There's a certain and unique power in girls cheering on other girls. The thing is that when women support each other, it's just like magic. Something happens and everybody ends up just lifting each other up and becoming even more successful in the future. That was Ashley De Silva, a previous participant in the Student Leadership Conference hosted by the Alliance of Girls Schools Australasia, now an organization merged into ICGS. What can help foster meaningful relationships between girls and their trusted adults is being open to connections from all ages and generations. Brooklyn Rainey, the author of One Trusted Adult, How to Build Strong Connections and Healthy Boundaries with Young People, and the founder of an organization of the same name, says that youth today are experiencing fewer cross-generational relationships than ever before. We are no longer living in cross, as many of us, living in cross-generational homes with many um, grandparents and aunts and uncles, parents and children and cousins in the home. And we're spreading out. We may be miles apart, states apart, countries apart from family. We're isolating more and maybe not even as connected to our neighbors. It is so crucial that young people have adults outside the home to turn to that you trust as well. This isn't just about the young people trusting them, but it is about the parents and guardians uh, encouraging these relationships and cultivating a culture of that sense of trust with others, but they've got to be a part of it. Yes, a girl needs to be able to rely on trusted adults in her life, 
but that doesn't mean it's their job to remove all pressure and all friction. Not only is it not helpful, it's not possible. In her August 2023 New York Times article entitled, Raising Teens is Hard, psychologist and author Dr. Lisa Damore says, quote, parents and caregivers can be most useful when we make the distinction between healthy and unhealthy anxiety. Healthy anxiety is a safety system that alerts us to threats. When a teenager has a big test that they have not studied for, or a teenager's at a party that is out of control, those are times when we would expect to see an anxiety response, and for that response to help with a course of action. Unhealthy anxiety occurs when there's anxiety in the absence of a threat, or if the anxiety is out of proportion to the threat. In irrational anxiety, we tend to overestimate the threat and underestimate our ability to manage it, end quote. In these instances, Dr. Demore says caring adults can talk with teenagers about the possibility that they are indeed overestimating the consequences or underestimating their ability to take steps to address the things that they're worried about. The goal is not to rid our teenagers of anxiety, she says. That will never happen, nor should it. The goal is to make sure their anxiety is staying in the healthy range. Dr. Demore has been a friend and colleague of the Coalition for many years, and her advice resonates with that of Dr. Katherine Steiner Adair, clinical psychologist and author of The Big Disconnect, a book that gives parents advice and guidance on how to successfully navigate this new digital world. She suggests that parents try to keep a healthy boundary between their feelings and those of their children. Sometimes we confuse being empathic with feeling their feelings. It's sort of like the urge to merge, especially between mothers and daughters. So say, you know, your daughter shows you a party, a sleepover, and she wasn't invited. You know, you might think in your heart, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that is so mean. But you don't want to say that. (laughs) You know, that's joining with your daughters, you know, upset, rather than help her think, you know, honey, I get you're upset, you know, Let's figure out how you might approach and talk about why you weren't invited. So crazy parents make it worse because they get more upset than the child. We need to normalize having uncomfortable feelings. That's part of life. Giving girls the skills and the space to process those emotions and then move on from them is key. While it's not inherently bad to feel discomfort, push yourself to work hard or to meet big goals There is a point at which pressure can become harmful, and the trap of perfectionism is ever-present in the world of camera filters and carefully edited videos and curated performances of life online. Do you have realistic expectations of the young girls in your life? And more importantly, do they have reasonable expectations of themselves? Challenging perfectionism, I think, probably is the crucial part of what parents can can do here to to encourage those behaviours that involve taking safe intellectual risks, that involve trying things out and not being judged too soon in that process. So I think the kind of design thinking mentality is something that schools could well do to reinforce parents, to give them more tools um, to help challenge those sorts of behaviours that 
many parents see in, particularly, as I say, in high-achieving girls and young women. Those were the thoughts of Dr. Kevin Stannard, Director of Innovation and Learning at the Girls' Day School Trust in London, England. The design-thinking mentality that he mentions is an approach that encourages testing different solutions in a steady process that builds on itself without expecting a perfect result right from the start. We're designing ourselves as we go, as individuals, as parents or teachers, and in our relationships, we never stop learning and growing. Hopefully, we also learn to accept and even embrace how we're different from others instead of buckling under the pressure of fitting in. Claire Sosiski, the executive director of the Global Education Benchmark Group, shares her wisdom on showing up as your unique self. I've worked with many teenagers who think that their way of seeing the world is is normal, is the way to see the world. And that then when they encounter people, which they inevitably will, um, who don't see the world the same way, then those people are wrong or those people don't understand or there's something wrong with them. And so it leads to sort of an internal kind of identity crisis. Like if they do see, um, you know, value and, uh, you know, and, and strength in those other opinions, it, it, it leads them to feel, well, like everything that I was ever taught implicitly or explicitly is now up for questioning. And so there are so many messages in our society, especially when girls enter adolescence, that different is bad and that being the same is something that is desired. And so from a young age, how can we counter that? How can we see different as different and different is not good or bad? Different is just different. And so that sounds like such a simple thing, but I think parents and families can play a big role in normalizing difference. And it is also related to the many valuable ways of being in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to our shorts series, where we round up the best nuggets from previous guests on the podcast on Educating Girls, produced by the International Coalition of Girls Schools. If you like this, you'll love the full episodes of the podcast, where listeners are offered resources, language, tips, and programs for educating and empowering young women by those who educate, work with, and understand girls. Why not leave us a five-star review? And for more information on the International Coalition of Girls Schools, visit us at girlschools.org.